Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, Tom Brady looked like Tom Brady when he played football on Saturday night. In Indianapolis, I thought he looked good after uh, a drop and a pass interference. He hit six in a row. Got him down there, kicked a field goal, had about 10 plays. That was enough for Coach Todd Bowles. Got him out of there. Line protected him well. Throws were on the money. All is right with the world. Except he finally broke his silence after the game. And you know what, Steve? It was it was a very um, – and I've used some words that, that you know, we'll get into the Twitter, Twitter trolls here that have gotten on me about this, but they're his own words. Clearly he is in a place, in a space, where – there are things in his life, as he said, hey, um, you know, I, I don't want to misquote him because this this was the quote of the year so far, and I think everybody can identify with this, whether you're going through what Tom Brady's going through or not. This is a quote I think a lot of people can identify with, but when he said it, we, we sort of know where he's coming from after missing 11 days. Um, he said, you know, everyone has got different situations that they're dealing with, so we all have really unique challenges in our life. And then finally he paused and he said, you know, I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of bleep going on. <laughs> and, and yeah. Amen. Yeah. I I got you, man. I feel you. I think everybody felt that. But the way he said it was, you know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can. You know, it's it's a continuous process. Meaning that whatever it is, okay, that that prompted him to take the time away to get, you know, to, to, to be with family or whatever it was he did, um, it's still a process. It's continuous. It's not over, okay? And he's carrying some some burden, some some residual from it. Now, it didn't affect him on the field. I don't think it's going to when he's out there competing because he competes so hard and he's, you know, still the best quarterback in his arm. I must say, if anything, it benefited from from the days off because it's as strong as it's been for the three years that he's been here. Um, but something is a little off with him from an attitude standpoint. And I'll tell you what. And I think sometimes people just like like to pick nits after a while. But watching him on the podium, having seen him now in person, and, and there's a lot of comments on the internet about, what has he done? What's happened? Like, he doesn't look right. You know what I mean? Physically. And as near as I can tell, okay, um, and, and he's the ageless one. We know that. You know, he doesn't age, right? Time versus Tom. Tom is one. Um, but aside from his appearances and whatever he does for that, uh, I I just felt like he looked thinner. I think I do believe he's lost weight, uh, perhaps not intentionally. You know, we know he's crazy about the TB12 diet. You know, there's not a lot of things that you and I eat that he would eat, um, as it turns out. So he's he's always going to, you know, nutrition is such a big part of his, his, his very business, right? So he's going to do that. Um, but it does it does look like, you know, whether you attribute that to stress or just whatever, he does seem to be a bit thinner. But aside from that, the guy can still completely ball. And there's no indication that, you know, he has any intentions of doing anything but playing this season. He said he was excited about the Dallas Cowboys. He's like, man, you know, Sunday night football, Dallas Cowboys, don't get much better than that. 
And he's right. It doesn't. It's a, it's going to be a challenging game. And it's going to be made more challenging by the injuries to their offensive line we'll, we'll get into here in just a minute. Um, but I think that's all you're going to get from Brady on his situation. And, 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 and frankly, probably all we, we deserve at this point. Um, you know, a lot of people, and this goes back to the whole, we have these conversations all the time on here, Steve, about, you know, why do you guys do this? And why do you report that? And why do you do, you know, and I'm not going to spend my life trying to explain to you my job, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, when somebody like Tom Brady is a celebrity and, you know, they are using their achievements in sports, their visibility, um, you know, married to Giselle. When you, when you start monetizing that with the commercials and it's okay to, you know, to give us that window when you're selling a product, uh, the reverse of it is when you go away for 11 days and it affects your job and there's something going on, yes, you are entitled to your privacy, no doubt, depending on, this, on the situation. But don't expect people not to be curious. You, you you just don't have the luxury of saying, hey, there's nothing to see here. Why are you so interested in my personal life? Well, your personal life is fine for everybody's con- consumership, you know, uh, when you're trying to sell something. So it kind of goes both ways. And, you know, when when a Tom Brady goes off the grid for 11 days and he's the guy that every rep matters, we got to get better every day, can't take a step backwards. When that happens, you're obviously, if you're if you're me, or a reporter that that follows Tom or follows the NFL, you're going to say, "Oh my gosh!" Like personal reasons that you know, how are his parents? You're going to check in, right? Is somebody ill? Um, and it's like, well, who's who's you know who's right is it to know? Well, he's a public figure, right? I mean, he left the team. He retired once. Could he retire again? Could there be something so pressing that could force him? And you're and I write for the consumers, the people that buy tickets to the Bucks. Right. So, so, I mean, things are fluid in, in pro sports and there certainly have been fluent with him now for a while and very much out of character. So in order to quell speculation, not to add to it, you know, I'm not one to go, you know, I bet it's this. Um, but when you hear, well, I bet, you know, his mom and dad are sick. So it's my job covering the team because his mom and dad did have COVID. His mom is a cancer survivor. Um, my job is to say, you know, let me... Let me check with my according to my sources, just like Adam Shifter. Gonna check with the parents, make sure Galen and Tom Senior are okay. And they are. They're fine. Okay? So you just you cross that off your list. It's not like I'm not gonna write a story saying, hey, this is what it's not, right? But there are certain there are certain benchmarks you're gonna you're gonna at least do the do some reporting on it, right? It's unusual for him to leave for eleven days. Is it anybody's business? Well, I don't know. Um, depending on what it is, right? And so it hasn't, the specifics of his leave has not, has not come out. He obviously asked for it before training camp began. He's now taken that time. And now he's back. And this is the first availability we've had with him since the day before Miami was charged with tampering. Um, when, you know, the only other time in training camp. So when you play a preseason game, there's an expectation, or I don't know if it's a rule per se, that you must make significant players available that played in the game. Well, no, no more significant than the quarterback. And since he had only talked one time since June, um, we were going to get him. And I thought, you know, we kind of took turns, and the, and the questions were needed to be asked about 
where he was at, you know, did he resolve what he needed to? And there were no, there were no direct answers with that, to that, you know, to that respect. But if you go and you read what he said, it got, it got a little weird because after a while, um, he sort of was dismissive about the fact that he missed any time. And let, let's be honest, he missed about three practices that he would have practiced it in. And, you know, he said, you know, I played a lot of games in my day. I'm pretty good at football, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, not something you expect to hear from him necessarily. Um, he's asked about throwing a Julio and, you know, he said that, that that was, you know, easy. He's a great player and that sort of thing. Asked about the offensive line where he has concerns. We'll get into that. Um, but then, you know, he started sort of being reflective and talked about, all the so all the players that have helped him throughout his career, and he mentioned them by name. He started calling them out like Santa's reindeers. Like, there's Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown, and I played with Randy Moss. And what about Wes Welker and Julie Edelman? And hey, Danny Amendola and Troy Brown and David Patton. And, and and then what about the tight ends, Gronkowski and Ben Watson? It's like that's what you do when you're done. You know, when you're. And, and in fact, what he did do, sort of when he retired before and. You know, and and so it kind of, and then he got then he got reflective about being with the Bucks, and you know, there's all these stories. Of course, we know about the tampering story again. Day after we talked to him last time, Miami was docked a couple of draft picks. Stephen Ross was suspended. His friend Bruce Beal was. Um, the Raiders situation came out where, you know, suppo- supposedly John Gruden nixed that back in 2020. Um, and Tom said, well, you know, I read all these stories about different places I was supposed to go or could have gone. There's only one place that I was, that I was going to be. And that's here. You know, it's, it's the whole organization. He says, you know, he he chose the right place. He said, I chose the right place for me. Um, he went on and then he went on to thank everybody as if, is this, again, I kept, I kept thinking in my mind, like, this is what you would say when you're not going to play anymore. You know, although it was on his mind and he was asked. And so he's like, well, you know, Joe Glazer's been amazing. Jason Light's a great friend of mine. And Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles, all the coaches. It's been an amazing relationship. And I'm very, very grateful for everybody to allow me to come down here and experience this part of my football life. I look back at it, probably would be incomplete if I not had it. So I'm happy I've had it. Like, whoa, you know, like now it's the three years, you know, in Tampa. And I look back at it like, so... It, it was a very, it's not, wasn't your usual, nor did it need to be your usual, you know, post preseason game news conference. But, but a lot of things are clear to me. And one is that, you know, whatever's going on, um, we know he's, he's talked about his struggle with, you know, personal life balance and, and the sacrifices his wife and kids have made for him to continue playing, which he's doing after having retired and so, you know, he, he, and he has said this in Time versus Tom where he felt tormented. Um, he says, I hope I, you know, my kids find something is gratifying and, and they can be as successful and, 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 you know, love it as much as I've loved football. But I hope it's not something that, you know, that they're as tormented as I've been by it. So, you know, this is sort of what you come walking away from saying whatever's going on, He's human. It's it's still affecting him to some, not on the field, but you can definitely feel the measure, the weight of it when you talk to him. Um, and then we'll just, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, 
to 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 think that that these you know we forget these athletes are human and they have real things and he made note of this he goes look we're all dealing with something you know you just everybody they're personal so no one everybody's aware of it um and you know this is this is still a thing and we'll see if it's if it's going to and I think people will look at it if he doesn't play well they'll go well you know he had all these issues he missed 11 days of training camp and that's that's why you know the the whatever's going on is affect um you're going to get those stories regardless whether it's true or not but in this case it's whatever it is it is not resolved totally and you can see that you can see it on his face you can hear it in his voice um and he's going to have to learn to navigate that along with what is going to be a very difficult start to the season i mean look they go to dallas on sunday night football the first you know september 11th i mean that's that's a big damn game for both teams they opened the season last year as a field goal game. Now it's in Dallas. Then they go to New Orleans for a 1 o'clock game the next week. Saints have their number. They've beat them six or seven times with Brady here except for the playoff game. And, you know, that's an NFC South opponent. Then you come home and your opener is the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers followed by Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You're literally playing the other two best quarterbacks in the football right now. Um, and that four-game gauntlet, if your head isn't screwed on right, if things aren't going well, um, you're going to as John Gruden you say, you're going to knock your block off, man. You better be ready, you know, for that fight. And preseason's over. That's it. It's done. Three games. He got about ten plays, six completions. We're ready. That's it. That's all you get. Um, so I want to get I want to get into the offensive line and, and some of the things that are going on with the team because obviously cut downs are coming uh, pretty quickly. But before we do that real quick, I just wanted to uh, remind you folks, I know your electric bill is going crazy. Mine is too. It's still hot as it can be down here. It was nice to be a little bit uh, up north the other day and and experience some 60s at night. But here, you got your ACs running all the time. We're going to save you some money. Here's how we're going to do it. May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Now, this field has got a lot of fly-by-night companies, right? May Electric Solar, they're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. So if you visit their Hutchins showroom, uh, May Electric displays all its products. It conducts on-site testing. You can see what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is going to do the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long and preserve your quality of life and your appliances through every storm season. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Did you see any of that? I'm just curious. Did you did you see any of the film or the video that I put or anything on, on Brady talking, Steve? That, I did, that, and it it the tone. But was... How did it strike you? I'm just curious because I'm I'm close to it. So sometimes when you're right on top of it, right, you're like you have one opinion, and then everybody else sees it, and they're like, well, I didn't see. Any. It stood out. I I didn't necessarily sit there and think it was the end at first. Although as you you know, we've talked and and you start thinking it, it was just very out of character for him. Sounded different, like, right? Normally, he's up there and he knows exactly what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. He's only going to say what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. Like he's pretty much he pretty much knows when he goes up to a press conference. This is all I'm going to say today, and that's it. Right, right. I mean, you know, you, you, we've seen him for twenty plus years. 
mm-hmm. and some of that under Belichick, and you know more on to you know Cincinnati. Yeah. This, but yeah. but but even when he came here, it, it was always evident every time he was behind the mic, he had one or two messages he wanted to get out, and that was about all he was going to say. Yeah, and he would you know skirt around any other questions or anything he didn't want to comment on, and and this was just. This was out of character for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's. I think you put it well. It's you know he's he sh- he showed he's human. Yeah. You know, this is these are emotions and whatever is going on. Emotion. In his... That's that's the key word. I think you just hit on it. Mm-hmm. He he had a he had some emotion there. You know what I mean? Like what? I didn't expect him to. You know, this wasn't going to be like the old days. Roy Firestone. You know, Jerry McGar. You're not going to make me cry, Roy. Um, but you could feel it. You know what I mean? You you could feel it's like I mean when a guy finally says, hey, "Look, I'm 45 years old, man. I'm going through some, you know, blank, whatever." You know, like that that was emotion. That was real, you know? Yeah, and and that's it's something we don't see from him. Mm-mm. I mean, Mm-mm. you know, he is everything from what he says at press conferences to his social media feeds to his business stuff. It is all very well scripted and planned. On brand, right? On, on brand. brand. Yes. Yeah. And and this just felt like I I think he just let some emotion out that we just normally don't see. You, you'll see it from raw. a lot of players. Just yeah. Oh, very raw. raw. Yeah. Yeah. For him, very raw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it. Like I said, it doesn't change anything necessarily. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But it, it's a side of him we've never seen. Yeah. You know, and and so it was. It was very different, and you're kind of going, "Whoa!" You know, I mean, everybody you know. reacted to it. Not everybody reacted the same, but I thought it was interesting that everybody reacted to that press conference when they saw the video. Yeah. They had something. Some of them were like, "Well, you know, all that matters is he's back. He seems like he's ready to go." Some of them were like, "Oh, there's there's this. It's definitely X, or it's definitely Y." You know, they all had theories, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the speculation and people. You know, people hate the speculation, but you invite it when when you're not going to be more clear. And it's like, do, does he owe us that? No, of course not. I mean, there, there are, listen, there are things. You know, he has a family, he has children. Like he's a human being. Like you cut him, he'll bleed, right? So I, I've always believed that, um, even for the biggest superstar, you, you you tend to forget. Like these people have real lives, and you know, and all of that, and mm-hmm. other people affected by it. Um, but you know, it, it is. It is fair to question and and ask if everything's okay and and if he wants to share it, he can and you're giving him the opportunity. He's got the stage, obviously, um, and he did. He left behind his own emotions a little bit. He put he peeled back that curtain. It wasn't the filibuster where you know a lot of times Tom will talk for ten minutes and you go back and play the tape and he's like really didn't say anything. Um, he's very good at that. This time, this time you, he didn't have to say much. You just felt it. You felt it. And you saw it in his face, and you and you understood that there's something bigger than football right now. Um, even though he's all in and he's really looking forward to the opener, um, there is something else that and I, and I think it's still unresolved. Whatever that thing is, I think it's still unresolved because he is not he is not at peace with it just yet. Whatever that is, and maybe we'll know, maybe we won't know. Time may tell, or it may not. Um, what's going to be interesting is how it affects him if it does on the field. And I'm here to tell you. You, you wouldn't have known because the guy throws the ball as well as he's ever thrown it. He's accurate as he can be. The question will be, and I thought it was interesting that Bowles sort of admitted this when we talked to him on Monday. They came out and they were in a no huddle. 
Well, there's a lot of reasons why you do a no huddle. Um, one could be you just want to work on it, right? You mm-hmm. want to work on tempo. Another um, could be that, and I think this is more the case, you keep the defense on the field. They can't substitute, right? So if you get you know, to third and nine and they want to bring in the pass rush blitzers, right, um, and go all out, they, they got to play with whoever's out there to start the game, right? So you can kind of dictate that based on formation. They went three receivers, one tight end. So they knew what personnel they were going to get on the other side of the ball, and they kept them there, right? Because you're not substituting. You're going no huddle. You're keep, you know exactly what kind of defense you're going to get, and you're not going to get those pressure packages as much. And I think they were trying to protect Brady that way. Mm-hmm. I think it was about, you know, let's not get the third and long, and they're making wholesale changes, and here come the bonsai blitzes, and we're going to get our quarterback hit because we're not really sure about this offensive line just yet, and they're, and they're not. Um, but they did well. They did well. Um, good protection. He, he moved them down the field. If not for the drop, um, maybe they have a little better success, but they ended up kicking a field goal, and then his night was over. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't over for some of his offensive linemen. Um, you know, it was weird. It's like, okay, so Brady goes out, and they start making changes, right? They take Donovan Smith out, their mm-hmm. left tackle. Tristan Wirfs didn't start because of his injury. Um, they had Josh Wells playing right tackle at that time. Shaq Mason was in the game. Um, you know, uh, they had Luke uh, Gadecki was the was the left guard, and then obviously Robert Hainsey was the center. Unfortunately, Hainsey stayed exactly where he was in the game and at center. One play too too much, I'm afraid. So here's a team that lost Ryan Jensen on day two of training camp. Biggest bummer in the NFL, right? You bring this guy back, sign him to a big contract. Day after Tom says he's coming back. And in a non-contact drill, Aaron Stinney gets beat to the inside by Logan Hall, and he pushes him into uh, Ryan Jensen, who then has a significant knee injury that we still, to this day, don't know exactly what it is or are not being told what it is. But it looks season-ending, and if not, he's going to be out a long time. Okay, so that happens. Well, I'll be damned if we're, we're watching the game and they make the changes on the offensive line. They move Josh Wells to left tackle. They bring in a new right tackle. Leverett comes in to play right guard. Um, and the guy they don't change is Robert Hainsey. And so they got a run play called. And I think Leverett got beat. He was playing guard, got beat to the inside. And, and very similar to the way Jensen was hurt, believe it or not, but from the opposite side, um, he kind of pushes the defender, you know, into uh, Hainsey's leg, and he gets rolled up on him as a result. And so he ends up with a, with some kind of ankle sprain. Now the, now, the good news is, just judging from what happens generally in the past, you know, if a guy had a severe ankle injury that they thought, you know what, we better, we better get him off his feet. Like a lot of times you'll see them and it's like, no, 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 you're going to, we don't want you to put weight on this. You're not going to stand on the sideline. Hainsey never left the sideline, right? His other ankle was taped. The one that he hurt was not. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't get him out there or put, you know, ice bags. I mean, it, there was no indication that this is an, a, a, an incredibly significant injury, although you never want anyone to get hurt. Certainly that guy, um, but I think he has a chance. Whether he'll be diminished or not, I don't know. But I think he has a chance to come back against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and then, unbelievably, we go past that to all of a sudden Nick Leverett's hurt. He's got a shoulder injury. 
And I think that one might be serious because he left the game and didn't return. And so when we talked to Bruce Arians on Monday, he had no information. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, do you really have no information? You just don't want to share it with us. Um, but he said, waiting on MRIs, x-rays, all this stuff, and really doesn't know. But is hoping, and hope is not a good plan, is hoping they'll both be okay. I think Hainsey's going to be okay by Dallas. Whether it diminishes how he plays or not, that remains to be seen, right? Because we don't know. Um, I'm, not, I'm just not sure about Leverett. I don't know what I don't know. But I do know this. They're running out of offensive linemen, and they're running out of interior offensive linemen in particular, and there is nobody left on that roster that can really help them all that much. They may have to play that person, um, you know, uh, and, and we don't know who, who will play where, uh, but they are, they are very thin right now, and they cannot afford any more run on this position. I think the guys they have are the guys they want, um, even though Aaron Stinney got hurt, this is why you'd love to have him because he'd be great depth. Um, but I think he was going to probably lose the job anyway when he tore two knee ligaments. Um, but my goodness, uh, you could not have thrown a dart at two guys on the field and say, who are two of the least guys you want to get hurt? Oh, yeah, there they are, Hainsey and Leverett, because Hainsey's now the starting center, and Leverett is his backup. This has <laughs> so the feel cool. of last season in the run on yeah. DBs. Yes, and it started early. It, it started early, and the DBs right. just kept falling. And, right, and, you and know, you're, you're signing guys like street. Richard Sherman, yeah, to play three games yeah. in eleven days, and yeah, you, you know, and, and that's you're crazy. starting to, you know, we always talk about. Look, the NFL, there's injuries in the NFL. There's no way around it. Every team has them. Your hope is avoid all A the injuries on in one position. position. Yeah, yeah, is, is, you know, spread them out. You know, you lose an yeah. offensive lineman, you can deal with it. You lose a defensive lineman, you, can, you lose a defensive back. But when you start losing three, four offensive linemen, I mean, Jensen, yeah. Stinney. Can't replace them. If Hainsey and, and Leverett are, are hurt, mm-hmm. that's four Can't offensive replace. linemen you're down now. After yeah. losing Alex Kappa to free agency. After Ali Marpet, Marpet to retirement. Right, there you go. You know, you start mm-hmm. adding that on too. Now, they knew that going in and you planned for it this year, but... Yeah, you know that offensive line looks a lot different, and when you've got if you've got four guys down, and we don't know about Hainsey and Leverett yet, yeah, but it, it's showing you you don't have a lot of depth there right now, as much as you thought you had coming into camp. Right, and and the dirty little secret, everybody, and both said the quiet part out loud on the conference call, and I was proud of them. <laughs> I was like, "Way to go, Todd!" Um, so he's like, "We well, go look at trades and uh, free and." You know, the waiver wire, well, yeah, of course we are. We do that, like, we have a whole pro personnel department that does that every day, right? If we think we can get better, if there's a player out there, you know, if my mother could help them, they'd, they'd sign her. I mean, they're not, there's no sacred cows. They're looking for players all the time, not just, you know, the day. They don't wait for some, some guy to get hurt and say, gee, I wonder if there's anybody out there who can play. Like, they have a list, right? Like, they're watching, they're, they, they don't. But he said the quiet part, he goes, look, do you, two things. One, why is somebody going to feel sorry for us and trade somebody here, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why would they do that? Like, oh, you want to help the Bucks, really? And then, and you know, obviously you could give them draft pick conversations or players or whatever. I'm not saying a deal can't happen, but that's number one. Number two is, do you really think there's any good players out there at those positions? Wouldn't they already be on a roster? I mean, how do they pop up, right? Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. We're the name the team, right? The Baltimore Ravens, or some, you know, an AFC team, whatever. Hey, we have so we have a surplus of good offensive linemen. How about you take one off our hands? Are you kidding me? 
I mean, are you kidding me? You, I mean, you think they're cutting a guy or potentially trading a guy that could help them in the next year or two? I mean, how do they know they're not going to have an injury? I mean, you can only keep mm-hmm. eight or nine offensive linemen. So if you got somebody that's really good, why are you trading them? There's no good offensive lineman on the block right now. You're not going to get anyone to come play. To, to that end, remember J.C. Treader, all the hubbub about him after Ryan Jensen got, got mm-hmm. hurt? Yeah, he retired the other day. Done. Now, some people, including him, might say, well, I couldn't get a job because I was the union boss you know, for the NFLPA. I was the president. Eh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I know a lot of coaches that would play almost anyone if they thought it would help them get a first down. Like, they, you know, it, maybe owners would be a little annoyed by it, but, but the coaches, they could care less what you do. They're just looking for that next first down. Um, so, Treader's out. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a nervous couple days trying to get assessments on, you know, short and long term with those two injuries. I mean, if Hainsey can't play against Dallas, yeesh. I didn't get that sense. I was in the locker room after the game. Um, and, again, the fact that he was on his feet, um, the people – that I talked to afterwards said um, they think it's fine for Dallas. They don't, they don't think there's anything serious about the, the, the sprain. Um, and Leverett, we just won't know. I mean, they got to do an MRI on that. So that's always problematic when you have a shoulder injury, an arm injury for an offensive lineman because, um, or a defensive lineman. And we saw how JPP struggled with a torn ro- rotator cup a year ago. You know, you're playing, you're playing one armed out there and it's just not a fair fight. So same would hold true with Leverett, but, my goodness, are they are they testing the boundaries of their depth on the offensive line before we even get to Dallas? Because here's the thing. There's a lot of highway ahead of us, right? I mean, you're leaking oil on the way to the gas station to fill up the tank to take the trip across country. I mean, this is we're not even out of the neighborhood yet. We haven't begun to, to go to Dallas and, and begin the season. So um, Bruce is obviously very worried, and, and he should be, and, and he's going to hope that at the very minimum, they have their guys, such as it is, um, with all those other players gone, and, and they'd love to get Jensen back. Well, we still haven't known what his injury is. Look, they're keeping Ryan Jensen. Um, when the final cuts come out, he'll be on the he'll be on the fifty uh, three man roster. Then twenty four hours will go by. Then they're going to put him on pup, uh, and he's eligible for recall at that point. Whether they recall him or not, that's a long way down the road, man. Because from what I hear. It would be very late, December, maybe even January, that sort of thing. Um, but at least he'll be eligible for it. And so we're going to see a lot of roster moves. There might be some surprises. I don't know. You know, there's always one or two. Um, they need some return guys. They got nobody that can return to football or block for somebody. And, and then worse yet, they can't cover a kick. You know, they got Jake Camarda, and they basically said, you know what, this game we're not going to start the rookies. We're going to start our veterans. So our rookies are going to be in the traditional role that they would be on game day which is you go on the field when there's special teams play. So starters started, they get to a punt, whatever, run the rookies out there. Let's see who could be a gunner. No one stood out. And Kamara, at times, they wanted him to kick it as deep as he could so they could have to make a play on somebody. Just didn't happen. So they've got work to do and a lot of work to do on special teams. And, um, you know, I think the one thing that Bruce said on Monday, which was interesting, (laughs) he was kind of quartered by Joey Knight, our uh, my writer, our writer at Tampa Bay Times, and he said, "So, can we assume that Ryan Suckup has won the, the, the kicking job since you know he made all his field goals last night and Borgales missed again?" And he wasn't ready to announce it. And I, God help him, I don't know if he's talked to Borgales yet, but he goes, "Yeah, you probably can, but I haven't really probably can." Okay, well we'll put that one. Down. 
And it, and it makes sense, right? Because again, Tom Brady, all in, Super Bowl or bust, as talented as Borgalis is in terms of his leg strength, you were literally put on the biggest stage that they need him to come through at, and that is mm-hmm. a game-winning field goal. Took a practice swing, made it. They say game on. Uh, after they froze him with a timeout, clinks it off the upright. You know, on Saturday again, goes to the Colts, uh, has a chance to kick a 50-something-yard field goal, which is what you're that, – that's the appeal to you. The appeal to you is this, if you're Borgalis, is that you can kick anywhere on the field. I mean, you're, you can kick it from 65. I'm not saying you're going to make it every time, but you have that kind of length strength. If they put you in a position where it's 50-plus yards and you don't make it, they can get suck-up to do that. <laughs> you know, and it'll cost a lot more money, but he'll also be the automatic on the gimmies in a game winner. So I think that decision was made. I think the left guard decision was made. I think, uh, you know, Gadecki, or Gadecki rather is going to get it uh, almost by default. He He made huge improvement from... Last week to this week, where you know, last week he had two holding penalties, just gave up a sack. Um, this week, you know, fairly clean game for him. So I expect him to start in Dallas as well. But got a lot of stories to write and a lot of time. What is it going to be like 13 days from now? I think they play. Yeah, what, September 11th? So yeah, 13 yeah, days. 13 days. So that's an eternity. And we're what, 10 the, days from the opener? That's correct. Yeah, Thursday night football. You're right. And of course, the Bucks played in that a year ago. So, meanwhile, uh, your Tampa Bay Rays went up to Boston. I saw they hit the ball all over the place, but they dropped two. They dropped two of three, I believe. They did, uh, and uh, Rich Hill really shoved it up their rear end over yeah, the weekend. That's weird um, man, Rich he was Hill. he was dealing and pitching fast too. Yeah, um, but the, you know, look, the Rays didn't win the series. Came back and had a good answer today. Yep, uh, took it to the Red Sox. A lot of teams that they're fighting for positions with have lost over the weekend. Lost, I mean, yeah. The Blue Jays got swept at home by the Angels. I saw that. And, wow. and the Angels looked awful when they were here, just the series before. Rays still have the first wild card. That they do, yes. Uh, the Orioles lost today. Um, who was, was The Yankees lost again. So now, what, you're seven and a half back in the division. Wow. The Mariners did win. Seven. Think about that. They're seven and a half back. That's not insurmountable, folks. Seven and a half back, seven in the loss column, and you have six games against the Yankees. Six to play. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this is this, this is now doable, right? Like, it used mm-hmm. to be a fan. You know, they'll never catch them in a 20 game. They, this is literally the pressure is on the New York Yankees right now, and it has been mm-hmm. since the All-Star break. Look, I, I think it's – I don't think it's probable, but it's doable. Yeah. It's now – it's now mm-hmm. – not the impossible. It's improbable, but it's not the impossible. Yeah. So you're you're so. what a half game ahead of Seattle, a game and a half ahead of Toronto for the wild card spots. You're three games against Baltimore, who's the first team out of the playoffs. So yeah, yeah. So you got a nice lead there in yep. terms of making the playoffs. At least you'd love to secure that top seed. Thirty five games to go. Yeah, yeah, man. It's almost over, dude. It's mm-hmm. almost over. And not to be out headlined, but while I was away, Tyler Glass now. Resigns gives a two-year deal to the Rays, which I think is smart for both parties. I think this is one of those deals you can look back and go, "Yeah, it made sense for both of them." So here's here's the parts of this: is he's uh, he's got one more year of arbitration next year. Mm-hmm. He's essentially not playing this year. Maybe he gets in late September. He's throwing really well now. He's going to Durham now, going to do a third uh, pitching session. If that goes well, he'll probably start a rehab assignment. But so he's going to make he's making like close to six mil this year, I believe. So the, the contract that he just re-assigned, the two year extension is about six mil next year, and then 
I think it's five and whatever, and then twenty five million the next year. Okay, that's the first year he would have been an unrestricted free agent. Okay, so he's taking guaranteed money now, and losing a year of free agency, which is huge. Yeah, right. To have two years with the Rays, at least two right. more. Which, just think about the starting rotation, your top two going into the playoffs: Tyler Glass now and Shane McClanahan. Whoo, man, man. Lefty righty combo, strikeout guys. Both throwing hundred, commanding the strike yeah. zone. Honeys. Yeah, no, nah, that'd be dominant. Because you you forget how dominant Glasnow was before his injury. Mm-hmm. You know? Um no one he was unhittable. Yeah. And if he gets back to anywhere close to that, which he'll have to build up and you know, have to hurt hope there's not a setback and that sort of thing. But he's his velocity is there yep. on his bullpens and things like that. That's what's so encouraging. And, here, and here's and the thing people forget out, about Glass now. Mm-hmm. He's 29 years old. Yeah, I had no idea. He's not no a young pitcher. Yeah. And so he's giving up one year of free agency. He's basically giving himself two years to get a mega contract. He's bought himself show, some insurance. To show he's, he's back. He's bought some insurance, but it gives him two years to show he's back. Because he's got yeah. one big contract. That's all he's going to get. That's Because right. he's old. 29, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's a win-win for both sides. He likes it here. The Rays yeah. like him. And as Eric Neander said, you know, look, we know him. We know the type of pitcher he is. We know the person he is. We're very comfortable with it. We, you know, he's. we have no doubt he's going to be back. Yeah. You know, and so it becomes a win-win. But the Rays are starting to spend money on players now. I love it. And, and the other thing, I think there's a trust. Like, if you're coming, if you're a player coming off an injury, you want to know that that organization is going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. If you sign a big free agent contract, what's the first thing they're going to do? Put you on the mound and say, okay, go get them. We're paying you $30 million a year. You need to log about 200 innings here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas the Rays aren't going to look at them quite that way. I mean, they're, they're going to, you know, they have an investment too. Um, they've made it beforehand, they made it before the injury even. And they're going to be very, very careful. So I think there's, you know, I think if you're somebody like him, you want to, you know, there's pressure if you leave, obviously, but you also want to make sure that that other organization is going to take care of you. He knows the Rays are going to take care of him. He knows they will. Mm-hmm. It sees what they do with everybody else. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know, and, and you start looking at Shane McClanahan there. Wander Franco's locked in. You mm-hmm. signed Manuel Margot to a couple years mm-hmm. deal. You know, you start looking at this roster. Right, going and some of the guys they picked up, you know, like Ramirez, yeah. like uh, can this roster win a World Series? Yes. Yeah. Now, will they? So. We'll see. I mean, the Dodgers are being incredible this year, and the Astros are really good. And the Rays have not played the Astros yet this year. You still got to score runs, but with that pitching mm-hmm. staff, not as many as you think. Yep. And if you can get Glass now back in mid to late September, oh. I mean, Oof. could you see him as an opener in front of Yarborough? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you talk about and, two different pitchers. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Mr. Sidearm angle and left-handed versus, you know, the over-the-top heat, you know. Or even even if he came out of the bullpen. Let's say he had a high leverage moment in the eighth inning, mm-hmm. you know, the sixth inning yeah. or whatever, and you needed three outs against right-handed batters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of, of uh, possibilities you know, as as he were to come back and, and build himself up mm-hmm. a little bit. But, yeah. And, and you're close to adding Matt Whistler back. You're close to adding J.P. Fireisen back. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, and hopefully Wander Franco is going to start a rehab right assignment now, again. We haven't even talked. Like, Rasmussen's virtually unhittable at this point. He's been incredible. I mean, he's not, the last couple of ones haven't been as efficient. Like, that, the one, he had the perfect game in the night. Yeah, no, that, was, had, yeah. that was silly 
the number of pitches and stuff. I mean, that's Greg Maddox type stuff. Right, right, which was incredible. But yeah, he's been he's been. Fan- I mean, who would have thought that Drew Rasmussen is going to be your second pitcher this year? Yeah, and dominant, mm-hmm. not just your second, but dominant mm-hmm. second pitcher. Like just like Jeffrey Springs has been stuff. fantastic. Now Jeffrey Springs has been great. Now he had Saturday the one bad inning. Saturday hit about. And if you listen to his post game comments, he said, "I thought I had a good approach." He goes, "But but when I executed, they knew what was coming." Uh huh. He goes, "And I fixed it." Uh huh. He and was you tipping know his pitches, they, and Boston found it. He was tipping his pitches after one yep. inning. They found it, and he's, then he went on to pitch five more, and he gave up a home run. But beyond yeah. that, he pitched great. Yeah. You know, Dave Wilson, I was listening to the broadcast on my way, uh, way somewhere in the afternoon on Sunday, and, and Dave Wills made the point that he has not had a bad first inning. Like he, this mm-hmm. is a guy that you know hasn't pitched a ton as a starter, um, but it's had success in so much of it that he really hasn't had that come out and get get ambushed like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a new experience for him. So now he'll file that away, and when yep. it starts to happen next time, he'll go, okay, what, uh, do the checklist. Am I mm-hmm. tipping my pitches? Yep. Uh, are they ambushing me? Do I need to pitch backwards and start them with breaking stuff? Because they don't want to go deep in counts, obviously, so they're going up there and hacking away at the first fastball they see or they're sitting on the changeup or the curve or whatever. Like he'll figure that out, but he he hasn't had that experience. This is the first time he gave up a big first inning. I was with Neil Solons on Saturday, and as soon as that inning was over, he's like, he tipped his he's tipping his pitches. I know it. Yeah. Now know. Neil didn't know what he was doing. Right. But they were just Jeffrey Springs everything. has one of the highest chase rates in baseball. Oh yeah. And he was oh, making yeah. good pitches with the shadows at four o'clock in Boston. <laughs> and they were still and on they're it. laying them off. They're laying off yeah. those beautiful pitches that are just falling out of the zone at the last second. Nobody yeah. lays off those pitches unless you know it's coming, right? Right. And, and, and Neil Neil called it immediately, mm-hmm. and you know in the post game, you know he he didn't say I was tipping my pitches, but he says, you know they they had knew what was coming and I I found it and fixed it. That's it. That's you know. it. That's that's tipping. They, they they knew what was coming. They were yeah. getting that idea somewhere. Remember, it happened to Tyler Glass now in the playoffs two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. The you beat know. of a drum. Yeah. Can well. do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, know, so so Jeffrey Springs he, had a rough you know inning, but I don't. That didn't mean he had a bad game. I no, mean, you know, he tipped pitch, his pitches. Pit- we know why they gave up the runs. Okay, you fix it, and he did the rest of that game. Yeah, no, he's he's been terrific. I mean, they mm-hmm. and into the bullpen is only getting stronger, and they found some guys down there this year that have been terrific uh, as well. It's going to come down to what it always does. Okay, they make the playoffs. Going to be the first wild card. Will they host the series um, in that event? And Will they score enough runs? You know, will one through nine? What is, can Walter Franco get back from this injury? Is he going to contribute to them offensively? Uh, he's such a, an energy guy to begin with. If you could just get him healthy and stay that way, I know he's been working at it. He's had some setbacks and whatnot. Um, that's a key, um, you know, as well as all these others. So um, they've been playing good baseball, though. Mm-hmm. That's that's the bottom line. Even though they lost two out of three, uh, uncharacteristic for them to score a bunch of runs and not win that game. Um, you know, on uh, on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, but or Friday, I think it was, but um, but there th- you can definitely see getting Margot back. You know, he had what four hits the other day. Um, somebody else was on five times. Uh, Randy Paredes. Rosarina had three doubles on Sunday. Yeah, who was it that hit the two home runs on Paredes. Sunday? Brady, yeah, he took Paredes, the home run yeah. lead back. He's like Mister. He, I mean, he don't just hit one now. He's got to have two. Oh, he hits um, them in bunches. He really does, and uh, so yeah, 
They're uh, and, they're and the Rays, toasty. The Rays went twelve and five over the last seventeen games without an off day. That's yeah, seventeen out of seventeen, and mm-hmm. they went twelve and five. That's impressive. Yep. Now they have today off. They'll play two in Miami. Have another day off on the road, and then September mm-hmm. gets tough. I think they have. Yeah. They get September first off, and then they get I think two days off the whole month. Mm. Uh, and they have a double header in there too. So I think it's like thirty three games in the next thirty four days. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be um, so it's going to be and against tough teams too. You're playing the Yankees, you're playing Toronto, you're playing Houston, um, you yeah. got Cleveland in there. You've got you know, it's a lot of tough teams. There's only there's only a handful of teams that are kind of out of it. Texas, I think, is in there. Uh, there's one or two others, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be a tough stretch. But they got themselves playing well, and if they get some other other uh, players back, that could certainly certainly help them. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Did you watch any college football on Saturday? I did. I I managed to watch uh, the Northwestern game from Ireland. Scott Frost Nebraska. going to Scott Frost. Scott Frost, you're fired. You're fired. Uh, How many times are going to blow a double-digit lead in that game? Well, this is like, I think, eight one-score games that they've lost in a row, eight or 12. Yeah, I don't know what it is, yeah. some ridiculous number. But listen, let's not outthink this. You, you're You're winning the game. You have a, a a good lead. Another score might just knock it out, knock them out. Who knows? And then you come out, you you go Sean Payton, uh, you know, on them and and try the onside kick, and it backfires, and you lose. You lost momentum. You lost the scoreboard, and you gave Northwestern life. And it just it was such a bizarre time to do it on the first game of the season. Like I know he was like, you know, I'm all in, and he took accountability for it. He's like, look, is, I, would I do it again? No, because it didn't work, but. You know, that one's on me. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. And that's probably why if this continues to go this way, you're not going to finish the season at Nebraska. Yeah, but at least the fans won in the game. Did you see what happened? Yeah, free beer. The internet went out, so they couldn't that's my charge for that's beer. The and they didn't want yeah. a riot to happen, so they gave yeah. out free beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. We got free beer, yes. Everybody, just sign your name. Sign your name. You'll come back. You'll pay. We know you will. You're good for it. Sure. And Florida State Everybody looked good. Was happy. Florida State looked good. They did what they're you supposed know what? to do. They exactly. And Matt Baker wrote that that you know when you when you play a team like that, you're mm-hmm. supposed to supposed to beat them up pretty good, and they did. And so that's all you can take away from that with Mike Norville. But at least that's what good football teams in Florida State has always done in the past. You kind of get that you know FBS uh, sort of preseasonish action, and and uh, and you, and you get going, mm-hmm. and that's what they did, and so. Yeah, man, proud of them. Had a little, I guess, weather delay up there, and Matt managed to hang in there and write that story. You can read it on Tampa Bay Times, Times and Tampa Bay.com. dot um, But between those two games, I didn't get to see the Florida State game one televised, obviously, um, but did watch a lot of the Nebraska Northwestern. You know what, Northwestern, man. The thing about Northwestern is when you play those guys, like you're going to have to beat them. They will not beat themselves. I mean, Pat, his his team, Fitzgerald's team, is is going to play the fundamentals right. 
Um, they're going to read their keys. They're going to run the football. They're going to run the football because they're committed to it. And they've got a pretty good offensive line that moves Nebraska backwards. And I was so impressed with the balance that they had. Their quarterback played better than he ever has. He played the game of his life, no question about it. The defense got some turnovers when they needed them. And uh, it was a thorough win. Like, you know, uh, Nebraska obviously I think has more athletes, a lot more speed, um, in general, probably a better football team, but not on this day, not in Ireland. Uh, and they, you know, methodically impose their will, running the football on them, um, getting the turnovers, scoring, and then getting out there with the dub, man. And it was it was a big win for that Nebraska or for that uh, Northwestern program, and a really big loss for Scott Frost. And he's gonna have to bounce back quickly um, because they needed that one. But that was the only college football I watched. I didn't get to see the Florida State game. Read about it. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for Mike Norvell. Uh, but the real season begins this week, right? This is week zero. This is game. Or the, now it's week one. That was week zero. Now it's so. week one. Now we get game day on location somewhere mm-hmm. versus like they're in Columbus for Notre Dame, Ohio State. Yeah, they are. And you know what? I think I was in Columbus the last time those two played. There you in fact, go. I'm sure. I think yeah. it was 1995. I could be wrong. I'm just going to take a guess there, but it's, it's what it was. Uh, 95, 96 in that range, yes. I don't yeah. remember the exact year. but I think it was 95. Fall of 95, I believe. I think, I think that, and it may have been 96, they were in Notre Dame playing or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they had a home and away, but they yep. hadn't played in a – at that point, I believe, uh, if I recall covering it correctly, they hadn't played in a hundred – that broke a hundred-year streak. Something like that, yeah. <clears throat> Ohio State and Notre Dame not playing. And Keith Jackson, remember I told you the story, Keith Jackson called like, oh, what are the hot dogs? You know, like, oh, my God, I know that voice. It's Keith Jackson. Um, he called that game. The Ohio State won. They had a great mm-hmm. team. And uh, that is a party campus up there in Columbus, man. <laughs> they know how to get after it after a win. Yes, so they do. Big one. Yeah, they like that to light couches one. on fire, among other things. So. Yes, that, yes, there you go. The couches <laughs> on fire and the mattresses, yep. Saw it happen with my own eyes. Kind I've, of bizarre, I've seen it, too. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> like, I don't just have extra couches laying around or, or mattresses, but okay. Uh, that's their thing, so that's what they do. So, uh, But, yeah, big-time college football this week. Looking forward. You come into your city, and you get up, and it's college game day, and, you know, the Corso's putting the headgear on. Like, that's, you know, that's that's what college football is all about. Uh, let's see. Meanwhile, the Bucks they got cuts coming up. And, uh, you know, we, we found out mm-hmm. that, at least Todd Bowles thinks he has a kicker. We'll also find out more about those injuries to the offensive line. All of that is intertwined. We don't know uh, what the receiver position, how that shakes out. Uh, they held some of those young guys back. They wanted to see them fresh on special teams as gunners. They weren't very good. They weren't very consistent. Um, Scotty Miller dropped the ball. That didn't help him, obviously. Yeah. He hadn't had a great training camp. Yeah. Um, the Tyler Johnson dropped one too, but has had a great tra- training camp. I'm not a big Jalen Darlin fan in terms of his return game. I think he's gotten better as a receiver. Um, so a lot of big decisions at, at wide receiver for them. And then it's all about, you know, who can you sneak through waivers that won't get claimed? And, and, and if they don't, who can re- you re- then re-sign to your practice squad? Because um, it's all of, not just about the 53. It's about, you know, building up that, that squad. So, um, there'll be a lot of moves over the next few days. Check them out, Tampa Bay Times, Tampa Bay com. We'll try to keep you up up to date on that and on the injuries as well. Anything else that's going on? Uh, uh, the Rowdies uh, kind of got some revenge on Saturday night. Took on Orange County, who beat them mm-hmm. in the championship last year. So, right, Rowdies won three to one. Had to play the last nice. thirty five minutes uh, with only ten men, as uh, Ekra Ugh. had gotten a second yellow card. So, 
Man down. We got a man down. Yeah, they were up 2 nothing at half, uh, kind of controlling things. Uh, Orange County kind of controlled most of the second half, but the Rowdies held on, won 3-1, to one, and there back you on go. a winning streak. They're tied for second in the uh, in their conference right now. I think technically third, but tied for second. I am so. supposed to go to a Rowdies game, I believe, as a birthday gift for somebody that's a season ticket holder there. This Saturday, mm-hmm. there must be a game there this Saturday. Yeah, I think they face Vegas Saturday night. So okay, Labor yeah. Day weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you'll have a blast, man. I, we yeah. go a couple times a year with my boys. So have not my, been. My, my boys were at to the it. game Saturday. I I wasn't. I had to work, but they were there. So. Hmm. Hmm. Supposed to be a lot of fun. We love it. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do that. And they're so a good we'll team. Out there. So. Yeah, Vegas, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean the Rowdies are really good. So. Oh well, yeah. I mean, guys, Champa Bay, man. Exactly. I mean, you need to say more. Um, and we'll see if it stays that way. But again, you've got Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. Rays have done one wild card seed, starting to get healthy. Buck season about to begin again. Tom Brady, them favored to win the NFC South, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got to just settle their offensive line situation. The rest of them, I thought their defense looked good when they played their guys. Levante David had a yep. sack, um, they were fast. You know, they got after it. They got after Matt Ryan a little bit. So, By the way, we're about three weeks from Lightning training camp opening, too. How's that possible? <laughs> telling you, man, those dudes have played a lot of hockey, man. They play a lot of yeah, hockey. Yeah, first preseason games in, uh, what, four weeks from tomorrow, I think. so. Yeah, I mean, I just watched them. Like, it seems like yesterday, man. I was out in Hawaii watching them. It's crazy. Like, here we are again. So yeah, October's gonna be October's one of those months, man. You got baseball playoffs. Um, you're past the first month of the NFL season. College football's in full swing. It's so much stuff to watch all at once. NHL and NBA are and starting. NHL and NBA start. Yeah, it's phenomenal. One of the best months uh, of the year for sure. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, listening. We'll uh, keep you updated on the Bucks and all their moves as they come up. They're gonna take a few days off as a team. Players. Uh, get that uh, to get their legs back and start to recharge. And then it's a couple days of practice in preparation for next week as they head on into the game against America's team, Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Sunday night football opening weekend. As Tom Brady says, it can't get any better than that. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 